Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to the Thank You for Laughing podcast. This is your host, Stephanie Shar, and you can find me on Instagram at OwnYourBold and at Thank You for Laughing. I had someone tell me today, it was so funny. Um, I would shout her out, but I don't remember her name. <laughs> But you know who you are. Um, I'm her- I'm terrible with names, but um, she was like, um, I, like, we followed each other, and she was like, oh my gosh, I listened to your podcast. I didn't even know you had Instagram. <laughs> Duh, I need to start telling people. That was my bad. Okay, so I'm super excited to talk about this subject tonight because I am a, I am an expert at this. I am a primo, premium legendary, deluxe, top-notch expert at this. And that that is, what do you do when you are so broke that you cannot even pay for your basic needs? Also, I really hope that you can hear me because I'm driving, but I'm hands-free. Don't worry. I always say that. I'm always like, I hope you guys can hear me. It's like, of course you can. I'm super loud, so it's all good. I'm not even going to worry about it. So, today, it's so funny because I'm going to write a follow-up post tomorrow. Tomorrow's post is going to be a follow-up to today's post, which was a follow-up to yesterday's post because I feel like there's just so much I have to say. So, yesterday, I posted about how I lost a bunch of weight this year. Well, not even weight. It was just, it was really size. Honestly, I I haven't even lost that many pounds, but it's really size. Um, So, my size changed my um, my credit score changed I paid off a bunch of debt I, I've had like all these great things happening which have been the results of my choices but it's also the results of my choices that got me into the mess I was in in the first place which was about a year ago you guys may or may not know and and you should know if you followed me on Instagram because I wrote a little bit about it I think in January or February but last year at the end of September I had a major like emotional meltdown, breakdown. And, um, I hadn't had anything like that in years. And really it, it was because I had a major, I had pretty much a constant anxiety attack last year from about July ish until this day in September when I was just in my shower, breaking down, crying. That's not what this episode is about. But what I'm trying to say is it was, most of that was due to, well, it was, it was both. It was my health and my wealth because I was so anxious about my financial situation, but because I was treating my body like crap, it was harder for me to handle my situation because it was triggering, triggering my anxiety so bad. And so I, uh, sorry, like I said, I'm driving. Um, so yeah, so, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is anything can change in a year, anything can change in a year. And so yesterday I wrote this post about how all these things have changed in the last 10 months. And really it's been since March has been like the real change because that's really when I buckled down. So really it's been seven or eight months. And I wrote that post yesterday. Today I wrote a post about how simple and easy it really is. Like we make these things hard for ourselves, right? We make good habits hard for ourselves. We make this 
these changes hard for ourselves. And I went, I actually, so the, so the order was this yesterday. I wrote the post about what I did to this morning. I went on Instagram live and talked about how humans crave chaos because we want the stimulation of the excitement of the chaos. And so we always think that things should be harder than they are. And if we think they're too simple, we think they're not true. Right. And then I went ahead and wrote uh, an Instagram post about it. And now I'm doing this podcast. And then tomorrow I'm going to write write a post about this podcast. Anyway, today I spoke about and wrote about on Instagram how we make things harder for ourselves than they need to be. There are legitimately hard things in life. There is death. There is abuse. There is trauma. There is all kinds of things that many of us or most of us have experienced one or all of those things, right? Or something else that I haven't mentioned. But losing weight is not hard. Okay? Getting your financial-ish together is not hard. However, it can be more challenging if you have certain obstacles that other people may not have. And and this is something that I did not address today. And that's why I wanted to make this podcast. Because there might be some of you who read my post today, or maybe you're going to read my post tomorrow, and you're going to say, you're going to read today's post tomorrow, and you're going to say, but I have some kind of condition where I can't move my body, or I have some kind of health issue where I have to be on a really strict diet and I'm allergic to everything and I can't just watch my calories or I, you know, I just got a divorce or my husband just died and he was the breadwinner or my husband just lost his job due to COVID and he was the breadwinner and now I have to get a job. I don't know what to do or I lost my job or I'm a single parent with seven kids or, you know, you and your husband both lost your jobs due to COVID. So there's so many things that what I realized was that my post had a little itty bitty tinge of privilege to it. Okay. Had some privilege to it because I am a straight white woman living in America in the Midwest. My parents are still together. Like, you know, and again, and I, and I did talk about this this morning, there's nothing wrong with not being those things. That's the thing is I never want someone to be like, Oh, so there's something wrong with me because I came from a one parent household. No, I'm a single mom. Do I think there's only something wrong with my son because I'm a single mom? Hell no. And anybody that says that, I don't even want them in my life. I think, I, th- I mean, I think I'm pretty freaking awesome. And I think that Trey is very blessed to have me and I'm very blessed to have him. And I don't, I, I mean, I rebuke in the name of Jesus that he's going to have any issues because he has one parent. Okay. So that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you may have obstacles that I have not had, but what I want you to know, and, and as far as the health stuff goes, as far as like having a health condition goes, I cannot speak on that because I don't have one. And I would feel like a fraud if I tried to tell you how to move your body when you can't move your body the same way that I can. But what I will tell you is that you know what you can do. You know what you can do. And so when I say move your body, you can move your body in whatever way you can, if you can. Do what you can. Just do what you can. I never want you to feel like you're inadequate. 
because simply because I am able to do more than you. That's not that's not the point. That's not the point. It's just doing whatever you can. My mom has chronic pain. My mom has chronic illness. And she says what she can. She knows she can't do as much as I can. And she's fine with it. I mean, sometimes she's not fine with it. It's actually sometimes I think she struggles with it. But but she just does what she can. She goes for shorter walks. She does yoga. She does, you know, physical therapy. She does different things for her body that maybe that, that you know, that she can do. Right? Okay. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because I never want people to feel like I'm leaving them out. I want to be very inclusive. I want you to know that I care about every single person so much. I mean, my son has autism. So, you know, he has his own obstacles, maybe not physically, not with his physical body, but he has obstacles with, you know, um, with his learning. And so I know that everyone has different obstacles, okay? And so I I want to make sure, I want to be crystal clear that I love everybody and I never want you to feel bad or ashamed because you cannot do certain things. Because I'll tell you this, your situation, your condition, your whatever you want to call it, I don't want to use the wrong language either. So I, I apologize if I'm using the wrong language in any of this. That's Again, I don't want to do that. It's the last thing I want to do. But whatever your situation is, whatever your circumstance is, you know what you're able to do. You know if you're not doing enough. You know if you're not doing enough. I know when I'm not doing enough deep down, right? It doesn't mean that you're not enough. It just means that you're not doing enough. But you know what you can do. You know what you can do. And you are worthy and you are capable and you are amazing just as you are. And I love you so much, okay? But I'm going to say this out of love. Your situation, your circumstances may not have been your fault, but you are the only one, and I really want you to listen to this, you are the only person in your life that can do something about it. Because you are the only person who is in control of you. Okay? I'm not saying you're in control of everything. I'm not saying you're in control of every single thing in person in your life. That's that's not true, and I would never tell you that. But you are in control of you. You are in control of the food you put in your mouth. You are in control of how you move your body, when you move your body, how often, where, you, all those things. You are in control. And I want to empower you. I, am, I don't want to enable you. I want to empower you and make you realize. I mean, only you can realize that. I can't make you. But I want to empower you to empower yourself. I want you to realize how powerful you are, no matter who you are, what's going on, you are powerful. Okay. So, um, th- that's all I'm going to say about the health thing. Now, and, and simply because, like I said, I can't relate and I would just not feel right trying to relate when I can't. Maybe I should have someone on the podcast that can relate. We can talk about that. I think that'd be great, actually. Maybe I should interview my mom. Um, actually, I should interview my mom. She was a therapist for 30 years, so she's just a wealth of information. Um, okay. So, what I am an expert on is being a broke-ass biatch. Okay, so we're going to talk about what to do because you may have read my post and been like, Stephanie, it's not that simple. I can't even, I can't even cover my basic needs. I can't even put food on the table for my family. I can't afford diapers for my baby. I can't afford to pay my rent. I can't afford to live. How am I supposed to pay anything towards my debt? I'm already like bare bones, right? Like I'm already, you know, it's like the Oregon trail and I've already like (laughs) picked the, the meager portions. Like I cannot 
even, if I cannot even cover my basic needs, how am I going to cover beyond that and pay off my debt? And so you're kind of stuck in this between a rock and a hard place. And let me tell you, I have been there. I've been there more than once and I will tell you what to do about it. Okay. I'm going to tell you exactly what I did. I did some things wrong. I did some things right. So I hope you learn from both of those things. Okay. I'm going to take you back to when, so let's start here. Um, when I was in college, I was very blessed and privileged to be approved for scholarships, be approved for student loans. I think my parents helped pay for a little bit of my college. They didn't pay for everything. Um, and this was when I got my bachelor's degree. Of course, now I'm getting my master's degree and I have more loans, but that's for another day. <laughs> um, but I'm going to take you back to when I was like 18, 19 years old. I was in college and, and, and my parents helped me pay for basic things. Like uh, fortunately at that time, I didn't have to worry about rent or like living. Okay. But they pretty much paid for like bare minimum stuff. They weren't like, okay, here's my credit card, honey. I had friends that, that were like that, where their parents were like, here's my credit card, go enjoy college. Um, and they could kind of just do whatever they wanted. And I didn't have that, which is fine because it really taught me how to work. I, I always had a job throughout college. I always would take like, you know, part-time retail job or whatever, but it was never, I mean, it was never a lot. I mean, it, and, and back then minimum wage was like five or six bucks. So, I mean, we're talking about 2009. Okay. I graduated college in 2009. So we're talking about between, so I graduated high school in 2005, graduated college in 2009. So between 2005 and 2009. So like I said, minimum wage was like five, six bucks an hour. And then you take out taxes and all that. So, you know, I had a little extra side change if I wanted to like go to dinner with friends or lunch or, you know, I couldn't drink yet. So I didn't have to worry about paying about paying for alcohol. Um, and so, you know, just little fun things like that. And so if I wanted anything extra, I was like, hmm, how am I going to do this? So I always would work in retail. So like clothing stores. My first job was at Victoria's Secret, and that wasn't my first job ever. I worked for a photographer when I was 14. I've actually been working since I was 14, but um, in college, my first like retail job at a you know huge corporation was Victoria's Secret, and then I um, and then I worked at Ann Taylor. I worked for Ann Taylor actually on and off for a really long time, um, but I was like, okay, well, how am I gonna buy? the clothes that I sell so I can wear them to work. Oh, we have a credit card. We have a store credit card. So that started my love affair with debt. And I, and I think I talked about this on a different podcast episode too, but I don't remember which one. And so I started opening credit cards left and right. I think at one time I had like eight credit cards by the time I was like 21 or 22 and I maxed them out pretty quickly. Every time I would open one up, I would max it out. Um, so there was that. So I, so I had that going on. Then, um, I graduated from college, moved to LA with my boyfriend at the time because he was a comedian and he wanted to move to LA. And I was like, well, I'm bored. Let's go to LA. I'll come with you. And so we moved out there. Neither of us had jobs. Um, 
and I took the first job that I could get, which was like a front desk at, um, like, like an airport type of thing, a private airport with celebrities and stuff like that. And I made, um, I mean, I, I made $13 an hour, which back then was a crap ton of money to me, but in LA it really wasn't that much still. So I made $13 an hour working full time. I still had, I still used, I think like one credit card and I would pay it off every month. So I, w- I made enough money where, where I could afford my rent, I could afford, you know, my basic stuff, and then I could also afford to pay my credit card off in full every month. And what I'll say about credit is this. No, you don't. There's really no, only... No, I would say don't. there are two cases no, you when you should open up you a credit don't. card. And number one no, is if you're starting a business. Okay, and you might be able to hear Trey in the background. But number one is if you're starting a business, because the average business, the average cost to start a business in America is $30,000. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have $30,000 sitting around. Okay, so most people are going to use credit. They're going to get a business loan or something like that. Now, that's not the average cost to start a business like what I have. (laughs) Um, If you want to start a business with me, it's $100. but, um, But if you were to, like, go and start you know, open up a brick and mortar store down the street from you, it would cost you an average of $30,000, right? And so I would suggest if you're going to start any type of business, I would use a credit card or some form of credit because you're investing in a business and you're going to be paying it off with your business, right? At least a portion of it over time. And so you know you're, you're going to have income coming in and it's it's a business transaction. So I think that's completely valid and fine. Um, The second and the only other case that I would suggest having a credit card would be if you know that you can pay it off in full every month. So like I said, at the time, um, and this was, again, this was when I had my first job out of, out of college and I was, um, in LA, um, I was able to pay my credit card off in full. All right. So let's fast forward to a few years later. Um, and I, at this point I had a different, I had a different job. I, I changed jobs a couple times, but I moved, so let's see, I moved out to LA in 2009 after I graduated from college, got that job. I started my blog, which was my first official entrepreneurial endeavor. Started my fashion blog in 2010. Okay. So I moved to LA in I think it was like September of 2009 started my blog in December of 2010 but I was still working I still worked for other people and I just did it on the side and I did I it was my side hustle I did it during my lunch breaks I did it you know before work after work and you guys I didn't even have a smartphone (laughs) I didn't even have a smartphone so I'd like run home during lunch run home from work and work on it on my laptop or I would even use the computer at work and get in trouble sometimes. I almost got fired <laughs> from one of my jobs. Um, but yeah, and that's what I did. That's what I did. So in 2013, at the end, in December 2013, iPad. I your school iPad is downstairs, I think. Let's go look. Um, at the end of 2013, I got pregnant with 
the little cutie that you can hear in the background. And I had already been thinking about leaving my job and going full-time with my side hustle. And I, after I got pregnant, I tried to wait as long as possible to stay at my job because, because I, I needed the income, right? I was living in LA, which at the time no, was the second or third most expensive city in the United States. So LA is normally after New York and San Francisco. The, the three of those kind of rotate in the top three most expensive. So, of course, I was living in one of the most expensive cities in the United States. I'm pregnant. Um, I actually made more money than my child's father. And so I was like, okay, I really need to wait as long as possible to leave my job. But... And I I had been thinking about it, like I said, for a few months anyway. And then I got pregnant. And then I got super, super sick um, during my pregnancy. And my job at the time was very demanding. And they were not very accommodating to my issues at all. And I was like, okay, I can stay here and keep suffering through this pregnancy for the money. Or... I can decide to follow my passion and work my business full-time and and leave my job. And at that point, so that was, so I left my job in March of 2014. At that point, I had been working my business for a few years. And I figured, okay, if I were to leave my job and have all this extra time, to work on my side hustle, then I'll make more money at my side hustle because I'll have more time to work on it. That was not the case. <laughs> so I left my job. I pulled all the money out of my 401k, which I had saved enough for to last me a few months to be able to pay my rent and like basic things for a few months. Because I figured three to six months you know, I've, I've been working my business for like three, four years and another three to six months of doing it full time. I'm sure I'll be able to match my income. And I didn't. And actually I was, I would consider it a failure, but I learned a lot from this experience. It made me who I am. I refuse to regret it because I don't want to feel bad about it. So for all intents and purposes, as they say, we're going to say it wasn't a failure, but financially it was a failure. So... I found myself pregnant, um, making less than $1,000 a month with my business, and I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was trying to find a job. Of course, no one was going to hire a pregnant woman. Um... And I couldn't go back to my old job because, like I said, it was way too demanding. And also, it's just not that type of place where you can leave and come back. I would have to start all the way at the bottom and take a pay cut and all those things. And I really was stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I was running out of money really fast. 
I did make some stupid money decisions along the way. Um, and at this point, I was living on credit cards again because I, otherwise I wouldn't even be able to really pay for anything. Um, I could pretty much just afford my rent. At the time, I was renting half of a bedroom for $500. So I applied for pretty much any government aid that I could get. And I got it. I, I was on food stamps. I was on, um, you know, I had insurance through the government, all that jazz. At the same time, I'm still, you know, working my entrepreneurial endeavor with my blog and my coaching and all those things online. And someone interviewed me for her blog, for her blog. Um, and I mentioned that I was on government aid. And I was met with the meanest responses that, like, I, I don't know if I've ever experienced anything that mean since. I mean, people called me selfish. They told me that I was, like, this horrible person for being on food stamps, all this stuff. Like, I got so much backlash for that. And... So this, I guess, would be my second tip. So my first, tech, my first tip was, if you're in this situation where you have little to no money coming and you can't even afford your basic needs, do not open a credit card unless you know you're going to be able to pay it off. Okay, otherwise you're going to ruin your credit. So don't do that as tempting as it is. So that was my number one tip. My, my second tip is get on any government aid that you can. Drop the shame, drop the embarrassment, and if people judge you for it, don't even tell anybody, like no one needs to know. And now looking back, I'm like, I shouldn't have said that in that interview, but I thought I was being helpful. I thought I was being helpful, but what people saw was they saw this, you know, privileged white woman who quit her job, you know, who made the choice to quit her job. And then, get, and then get on government aid, and they pretty much thought that I was like a leech off of society. And, but they didn't know all the details and all those things in between where I was really struggling and I needed that or else I was worried I wouldn't be able to take care of my child and I was going to give birth in a few months. So, you know, people don't know all the ins and outs of your situation, and they don't need to know. They just don't. And so, you know, drop the shame, drop the judgment, do what you need to do for you and your family, even if you're not sure if you'll get approved, apply anyway. Apply to unemployment, apply to food stamps, apply to insurance, anything that you can through the government that's free, quote unquote. I know it's not really free, but just go with me here. Because here's the thing is that, especially right now with the pandemic, people are getting approved for everything. I mean, it is like easier than ever to get approved for everything. And I would do it now, like literally today, while you're listening to this, before the election results <laughs> because we don't know what's going to happen, right? So, I mean, we just don't know if any of these things are going to change. So, apply for everything. The worst thing that can happen is that you just don't get approved, but at least you try, right? You need money. You need to feed your family. You need health insurance. I don't care what anybody says. If no one else gives you permission, I'm giving you permission right now. If you are seriously, and again, it's just like with the physical health thing, like, you know, 
if you're doing everything you can do, you know deep down, okay? You know if you can go get a second job. You know if you can go get a third job. You know if you can start a side hustle. You know if you're already doing enough where like this is the last straw, please do yourself a favor. Get yourself some government aid if you have to. If you have to. And you know if you have to or not and do not let anybody tell you not to. Okay? I feel very strongly about that. Because, because people are very stubborn. And I was stubborn at first too. Okay? I was stubborn too. Where I was like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want people to think I'm lazy. I don't want to think I'm taking advantage of anything. I, you know, I want to be... I, I had a lot of pride. I wanted to be like good enough, quote unquote, to not need that stuff. But you know what? Everybody goes through shit. Everybody does. At some point, if they haven't had to use government aid before, there's people now due to the pandemic that have lost everything. And, and, and they're, you know, working at McDonald's and they might have had a million dollar business before. We don't know. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it really doesn't matter. Just do what you need to do. Okay. So that's, and that goes for everything. Like, it, it, maybe you're one of those people that did lose your job and did, maybe you were making six, seven figures and now you have to get a minimum wage job at McDonald's or wherever. There's no shame in that. There is absolutely no shame in that. You need to do what you need to do for your family, okay? And for you and for your financial future. So, so number one, don't use a credit card unless you know that you can pay it off. Number two, um, Apply for food stamps and everything else that's available, okay, in your state. I don't know how things work in your state, so you're going to have to figure that out. But Google it. I mean, honestly, you can just Google how to apply for food stamps in Michigan or wherever. All right, number three. Number three is, like I just said, can you get a second job? Can you get a third job? Can you start a side hustle? A lot of direct sales companies, and don't roll your eyes at me, because I've been doing direct sales for five and a half years, and that's what saved me, and I'm not done with my, with my story, so you're going to find out that's what saved me after all this, but a lot of companies right now are allowing you to sign up for free or for really cheap. So with my company, it's normally $100 to start. There's no auto ships, there's no monthly minimums, and you can be a consultant for an entire year for $100. I don't know any other company that does that. But right now, in addition to that, there's a $30 option. If $100 is too much for you, which when I started, it was a lot of money for me. If $100 is too much for you, you can pay $30 to start. And a lot of companies are doing that right now because of COVID, because they know that people need opportunities. So if it, you know, whether you want to join my company or not, if there's a different company you want to join, find out if there's any promotions. Just ask somebody that works for that company and they'll tell you. Because they want team members. So they'll, I mean, they'll work with you. I, I've worked with, with people. I've helped them pay for their starter kits. Like, you know, I don't do that all the time. But there's things that I've done if I know that someone in good faith really wants to get started and they're in that place where they really need this. Okay. So, you know, can you start a side hustle? I mean, a lot of these things you can do online. Anyone can. Any, you know what? I'm not even going to say can you. You can. So it's up to you if you want to or not, if that's the option you want to go with. Anyone can have a side hustle right now because you can do it completely virtually, completely online. You can do it late at night or early in the morning or while your kids are napping or whatever. Anyone can. So I'm not even going to say can, it's will you. Okay, so that's, that's one option. Can you get a second job? Can you ask for more hours at your current job? Can you, can you get extra shifts? Can you switch with somebody or, you know, 
can you, can you ask your coworkers if you can take some of their shifts? You know what I'm saying? If they want a break. And if you're like, well, Stephanie, I have seven kids and 10 dogs. What am I going to do? Well, so back to my story. So this was, so let's take it to, you know, Trey's already born. And at this point, I, I, I'm still broke. And having, you know, having to live on government aid and all these things. And then I signed up for Mary Kay. It was pretty much the last $100 that I had in my bank account. Um, and I just did everything I could. I made sacrifices. I mean, my significant other and I at the time, who was Trey's father, we shared a car. We had one car. Sometimes it didn't start. Sometimes we couldn't afford gas. And sometimes he needed to use the car, so I couldn't. And so I would take buses and trains and, you know, this is before Uber, before Lyft, before any of that stuff. And I would, or maybe we had it, but I couldn't afford it. But either way, I never took it. I would take buses and trains and, um, you know, public transportation to my appointments and to my meetings. And sometimes it would take like two hours to get somewhere where it would take maybe a half hour in the car. And I just did it. Like I did everything I could. I mean, I would throw a tray in a stroller as a newborn and just hit the streets, like, start pounding the pavement, looking for customers and marketing myself to businesses. And we'd go to Starbucks and chat with people. And I mean, none of my friends could afford Mary Kay. None of my friends could afford to buy from me. And my family was across the country in Michigan. Remember I was in California. So I didn't know anybody who would buy. So I had to go and find people. And this was before, I mean, we just recently this year because of the pandemic went fully virtual. So back then we didn't have a lot of stuff. Now I had social media skills because of my background in blogging and coaching and all those things, but it still wasn't my main source of leads. Like Trey and I would go out. And then if I couldn't bring Trey somewhere, like I couldn't bring him to meetings or certain things I couldn't bring him to, I would find anybody with a pulse to babysit him. I didn't care who you were. As long as I knew you, like if we had met before, if you were a friend of mine or even a friend of a friend. Okay, Caitlin, you can't watch him. Who do you know that can who do you know that's a trusted friend, that's safe, that's you know a good person, and they can watch them for two hours? And that's what I did. I mean, you just have to do what you have to do when you are that broke. Like, you, don't, you can't be picky. I didn't have the money to go on care.com and find a professional who's certified in all these things and pay them $15 an hour. Like, I wasn't even making $15 an hour. Like, there was no way that I could do that. I had to figure it out. And sometimes when people babysat him, I couldn't pay them. And I would have to, and I would tell them up front, you know, I'd be honest that I couldn't pay them. But sometimes I would pay them in product because remember I I was running a business. Sometimes I'd pay them in services. I would, you know, do blogging or business things for them. Or sometimes I would, you know, bring them food one day or, you know, I would find ways to barter and, and figure things out. And I just did it. I just did what I had to do. I was very scrappy. I was very scrappy. I was good at trading services. I was good at, you know, finding out like what other people needed and then seeing what we could trade and seeing what they needed from me, you know, so then we could help each other. So I just did it. And that's what you need to do. And, and when you're in that type of situation, you don't have a choice. You can either stay where you are or you can do crazy things that some people would think are stupid in order to get to where you want to be. Okay, so I signed up for Mary Kay when Trey was about six months old. And then um, about a year later, about a year and a few months later, um, I moved to Michigan. 
Okay. So I became a single mom. I knew for a fact that I could not afford, no matter how much money I was making, unless I was a millionaire, I could not afford to live in LA as a single mom with a child. There was just no way that was gonna happen. So as soon as I became a single mom, I told my mom and dad, I'm moving back home. And I moved all the way back to Michigan. I, well, first I sold all of my belongings or donated them. And then I moved all the way back to Michigan. I think I came with like one or two suitcases, that's it. Moved in with my parents, with my son, and started from scratch. Because again, that's what I had to do. That's what I had to do. And that brings me to my next tip, which is, if you cannot afford where you live, why are you still living there? Why are you still living there? Can you sell your house? Can you break your lease? Can you get a roommate to move in with you? Can you move in with someone else and be their roommate? Can you move in with your parents? Can you move in with a family member or a friend? I know that not everyone has parents that are around, I know that not everyone has parents that are still together. Not everyone has parents that have room in their house or would be willing to take them in. And I know that that is a privilege that I have and I'm very blessed to have that. It's not ideal. I do carry shame around it that I'm trying to let go of and it's not something that I want forever, obviously. But you guys, I have always had roommates. Always. There is not one time. Well, there's one time. Last year, Trey and I moved into an apartment, just the two of us, for five months. And that was a huge reason why I had my breakdown a year ago because I was just spending too much money even though it was cheap comparatively it was still too much money and it just wasn't the right time and I realized I could move back in with my parents and be uncomfortable for a little bit longer and instead use that rent money to pay off my debt raise my credit score and get to buy a house and so now I've raised my credit score and I'm looking at houses but I had to move back in with my parents for at least another year So besides that five-month period last year, I have always had roommates my entire adult life. I have had one, two, three, four, five, six roommates. All of us thrown in a house together in LA. I had roommates when I was pregnant. I had roommates after Trey was born. I had roommates before that. I I lived with friends. I lived with family. I lived with strangers. I figured it out because I knew that that's what I could afford. And I had to make those sacrifices. So if you're in a position where you can't afford where you live, then you need to change where you live. And if, you, and if you're somewhere where you're stuck, like you, you, know, you bought a house and you can't sell it, or you are renting a place and you can't break your lease, find someone to move in with you. People are looking for places to live. People are always looking for places to live, especially now. So you know, rent out your basement, rent out your spare room, your guest room, rent out your couch. I don't care, I had, when I was in LA, My um, boyfriend at the time, his cousin moved in for six months and just slept on our couch. But that extra $300 a month made a difference. It made a difference. Do what you have to do. Do what you have to do. Okay, so um, back to my story. August of 2016, I moved back to Michigan with my son and started from scratch. And... Again, started looking for jobs. And actually, there have been times while I was in Mary Kay that I, have, that I have taken on other jobs. Actually, when I first started with Mary Kay, I was doing like random odd jobs. I went back to Ann Taylor at one point. There's been times where I had two, three, four jobs. Okay. Um, but Mary Kay has been the constant this whole time. 
And within the last two, three years, it's made a significant, significant income, and it's been my full-time job. And this year, I have made more than I ever made working for somebody else. Okay. So, but I couldn't have gotten to this point if I didn't make those sacrifices. There's no way. Absolutely no way. I had to do things that were uncomfortable, things that I didn't like. But now, it's easy because I made all those hard decisions before. Does that make sense? So you might be where I was a few years ago. And that's what I had to run myself of today. Because when I wrote that post, that was assuming that you had an income. But you might not have an income, or you might be making minimum wage, which I think minimum wage here in Michigan is $8 an hour. Who can raise children on $8 an hour? Who can take care of themselves on $8 an hour? That's insane. That's absolutely ridiculous to me. Um, so, you know, you might be struggling hard, but I will still tell you that you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Okay. So it may not be easy every single day, but if you start now in a year, you're going to look back and realize that it was way easier than you thought it was going to be as a whole. And I don't take anything back. I would, I would do all of this all over again if I could be where I am today and know where I'm going tomorrow and next year. So, because the thing is, I went from a few years ago having a negative bank account for months on end. I don't know why they didn't close my bank account. I saw the same one. <laughs> I had a negative bank account for months on end, couldn't pay my bills, could barely afford to take care of myself and my son. Nothing in savings. Thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. On food stamps. All these things. I went from that to now I'm about to be approved for a mortgage on my own as a single parent with a child with autism. So, again, not saying any of this to brag, but to tell you that if I can do it, you can do it. And it's not going to be just all roses and butterflies all the time. It's not going to be fun all the time. But you know what's fun is the results. What's fun and exciting is the results and the future that you're creating for yourself and your family. So I hope that this was helpful to you. I'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure that you contact me at on your bold on Instagram. I love you guys so, so much. And as always, I say all this out of love. I know I can be a little harsh, but you know what? We need tough love sometimes. Because I'm glad that I had people in my life that gave me tough love. My mentor and Mary Kay, who's like my second mom, she did not feel sorry for me one bit when I came into this business and couldn't even afford to buy new clothes to wear to my Mary Kay meetings. I had to go to Salvation Army and buy a $2 black pencil skirt and wear the same one every week. And she did not feel sorry for me at all. And I'm so glad that she didn't. I'm so glad that she said, you're going to figure this out. You're going to be there tomorrow. You'll figure it out. And I always did. And I know that you'll figure it out too. So I'm here for you. Have a wonderful night. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.